It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. We have a great one for you. And by great one, I mean great one. We're going to give you a bunch of tips that we've figured out from uh, just being alive, just being human beings, um, on how to save money at Disneyland. And we kind of came up with this because... Disneyland raised their prices like twenty percent in the last year, Bro. and it's terrible. Yeah. So, how you know every if every five dollars you can spare and you can save is going to help. So we're going to give you uh, a bunch of tips. Actually, Taryn's going to do. Um, she put a lot of work in. I put a little bit of work in. Bev probably copied off of me. I've abso- I actually like snuck into your house last night, logged into your computer, you. stole all of your information, and yeah. then I added a couple yeah. like tidbits here and there just to make it look like it was my own work, like I did in high school, but no, I totally I plagiarized. Yeah, instead of also, I said as well as. Exactly. <laughs> it's not plagiarism. Different. Mrs. Exactly. Henderson. <laughs> anyway, um, also Terrence is back. Hi. Hey. Hi, I'm Terrence, everybody. It's good to see you guys. We have a new, yes, we have a new co-host. His name is Terrence. And uh, all that kind oh, of stuff. Uh, we're also going to talk to Jeremy from Spectra Radio, and I believe he's giving us the history of Phantasmic. No, Fantasia. Yes. It's the same thing, really, right? No. Not at all. <laughs> Actually, let's just... Jeremy, you know, you can unmute yourself. How about that, dude? You're off restriction. <laughs> yowza, yowza. <laughs> What's going on, man? Hey, I'm good. I'm ready for this. You're, you are. And you know what I realized as no. you were talking about the segment? Not my segment, but the, the saving money thing. I wrote an email and had four tips and saved it in my drafts and never sent it to Taryn. Ooh, so you can jump in if you want. If you yeah. want to stay on for the segment. I don't know if you got you have to like polish all your medals or something. I don't know what you do over there. <laughs> I have metal polishing between this and the uh, secret <laughs> show. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I'm sure you guys will cover it all. Yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll be doing it. It's fine. Um hey, if you're watching this on YouTube or, you know, um not live, but you know, after the fact or whatever. We should be streaming at 1080p right now. So, thanks to the new computer. So, you can switch that little gear if you, I don't know what your automatic player settings are, but you can watch us in HD, I think. And we look great. Uh, yes. yes. No, we don't. 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 Uh, low death, I feel please. extra pretty today. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you. I think the computer will take a little bit of time to dial in, but, you know, yeah. we'll get it there, man. It's, uh, it's a whole thing, but before we get far away from what it, whatever it is we're talking about, this episode is sponsored by the great people at Getaway Today, Disney's top wholesale partner. They will help you plan your Disneyland vacation with the best tips and secrets, all while making it affordable with their discount tickets, reduced hotel rates, and layaway plan. Head over to getawaytoday.com slash ears up and start planning your magical vacation. Tell them ears up sent you and use code ears up to save an extra 10 bucks on your SoCal vacation packet. Also, by the way, if you're listening live, and you don't know yet about it. Uh, we're doing the secret show after this, and we have a great game to play with Jeremy. Huh. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Everybody in here has $10 in ones, and we're going to make bets. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be real fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. And you know what? If you're listening to the show like six months after the fact, it's January, whatever it is, um, you can just pay five bucks, become a secret show subscriber, and you, you can listen to the show. And everyone who you know has listened to or was at the hundredth episode knows that Jeremy does a great job at games, so it should be very entertaining. <laughs> that was a sick burn, dude. Uh, hell yeah, bro! Nice one, Terrence coming in with the chaos dunk of I'm telling you. burns. Uh, you can find us on social media, of course: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 
Pinterest. Uh, any feedback on the show goes to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Any show suggestions or guest suggestions or requests or topics or anything, Terrence at earsup-podcast.com. You can say hi. Hi. To be- wow. <laughs> Welcome hi. to Starbucks. <laughs> How may I help you today? Oh, my God. Mocha Frappuccino. Uh, Bev at earsup-podcast.com. Anything else comes to me. Uh, Jason. My name is Jason at earsuppodcast.com. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> well, I've been hiding my real accent for years now. <laughs> it's a sort of a Russian-Ukrainian mashup. Yeah. You should yeah. keep it hidden. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to support Ears Up, uh, go to getcoveyears.com. You can buy some coveyears. Uh, or you can find us on Etsy. Etsy.com. I think it's slash Covey Ears or whatever it is. But we have a bunch of T-shirts. I've moved away from T-Public. Forget T-Public. T-Public is terrible. First of all, they only gave us two bucks a shirt, which is awful. Awful. I mean, you can't make any money on that. But also, they're just... They, I'm having some email exchanges with them regarding the Churro Castle design after Disney told them to take it down. And I'm like, right. we have it copyrighted. Like, you shouldn't... It, it's not, you know, whatever. Um, they were real jerks about it, actually. So forget them. We're not on Tee Public anymore. It's all the Etsy. And I recently, uh, because Jeremy will not leave me alone about it, uh, I put up the fifth anniversary T-shirt. Nice. If anybody cares. <laughs> it's been so long. Um, but that logo, the Matter Cake, is super cool. And, you know, we're progressing on the T-shirt front. So go to get Coveers, or excuse me, go to our Etsy page at Coveers and uh, buy some shirts, bro. And you know what? If, if there's any design that you like, but that you don't see a shirt, it's really easy for me to add a shirt that you want, uh, a color or a, a size. There's not a whole lot of women's sizes on there. Um, so if that's what you're looking for, just message me through the shop and be like, hey, I love this in this kind of shirt. What do you got? I'll put it through, put it up there. Because I don't, I don't know from women's clothes, man. I don't, what am I going to do? I don't know what uh, scoop racer back front neck. I don't. Scoop racer. I, I don't know, man. I don't know what racer it is. Racer front is usually, you know, what women go for. Racer front is that a joke? Yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, though. that's not. I don't know. That would that would that be really inappropriate. <laughs> I was I was really about to say okay well now we know what yeah, to do. Yeah, like, great. <laughs> this, no? is, this is me learning, and I yeah. really appreciate it, Taryn. Thank you very much. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/earsup. Become a Patreon supporter. Support this show, and it will support you through life and maybe college. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Um, if you haven't tried it out, we have Google Play. We're on Google Play. Don't forget that. Uh, they have a podcast app. It's pretty clean. It's pretty nice. Check it out. We're also now on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty much everywhere. Yeah. So wherever you go, you can't get away from us. It's true. That's pretty much what, uh, what it is. Also, if you do any internet shopping, use our Amazon link on the homepage. I think that's all the announcements. But let's talk to Terrence real fast. Okay. Because Terrence was just in Disneyland. I was, like two weeks ago. For your birthdays. For my birthdays. Happy birthday. All of them, yeah. I noticed, by the way, you posted a selfie <laughs> on the Ears Up sure page did. and wrote about yourself in, in the, the third, third person. person. Yeah, yes, trying to get scam churros out of our listeners. You Not- literally said happy birthday to Terrence. <laughs> yeah, so what, am I, what else am I supposed to say? It was my birthday. <laughs> I know. You, I am I supposed to say hey, happy birthday to me? No, you say, hey, it's my birthday. I don't know. I can't say it's my birthday because it's not Ears Up Podcast's birthday. You just you, oh you take God. a you take a photo and you send it to me and you're like, hey, dude, do me a favor. I understand his warped 
it, way it of totally thinking. Totally makes here. sense. So do I. It's not that totally it doesn't make sense. sense, but it's also very funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. Oh, it's funny. I, no, I yeah. get that. Yeah. I get that. No, it was a good trip. No one knew it was Tanner's birthdays because you know we didn't do that. <laughs> or, uh, you guys also weren't in the park. So. For my birthday, we were. Well, you should have done it then. Yeah. Not for Terrence. I got sick, dude. I couldn't womp, go. We had womp, to cancel womp. our whole entire trip. But anyway, enough about me. Let's continue about <laughs> Terrence. Um, it was really fun. Uh, Becca Could, and I... Yeah, go ahead. Becca and I got to go to Disneyland alone. Never tell me to go ahead. No, Ever. That's true. I know. I'll never yeah. get a word in. Um, we got to go alone. Um, alone. Alone. You, you got to go alone. 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 How, like that, just me, I got to go alone. Yeah, no, that's was, great. How did how does that work, man? You got you got. I mean, obviously you dumped the kids off, but like, how yeah. was that going to Disneyland after so many years of going with children? Like, why? Like, I, I guess the real question is why Disneyland? Why not like some like adult like Caribbean love island or something? Because we didn't have to buy tickets to Disneyland was the the main reason. Mm. It was something that'd be cheaper and I wanted to go. And so I asked for that to happen, you know, and I didn't know how it would work. How long have you been planning this? In your uh, since maybe forever. How old is my oldest son? Seven. So about seven years. <laughs> no, um, probably since about October, I've, I've been thinking about it. Okay. And so I, I asked my mom, I said, Hey, would it be, is there any way that Becca and I can go to Disneyland? That's what I was just thinking. She's like, I don't know. You got a car. You got well, a job. That's what I was thinking. So I was thinking, okay, well, maybe she can tag team with someone and watch the kids while we're gone or whatever. So our original plan was we would drive down, uh, maybe stay with my aunt or something, uh, and have a few days in the park and drive back. That was our original plan. Yeah. What it turned into is my mom paying for um, – we, we stayed at the Tropicana, so right across the street. So um, At the Tropa. Tropa. Tropa yeah, exactly. So it was – which was really cool because it's actually a closer walk to the parks than if you stay at the Disneyland Hotel at that point. So it was that was really cool. So she paid for the room there. Okay. Um, she gave us like six hundred bucks spending money while we're there. I've been asked. I'm like I'm officially Dude. an orphan, so I'm like, can can she adopt me? Yeah. It's, Damn, bro. Yeah, my, my mom. My mom's awesome. Um, and then her and my sister watched the kids, and then my sister surprised us with uh, plane tickets. Is this all like money that your family has from covering up the fact that your other family <laughs> killed topic. Tupac? Secret nah, this, is, this, is, uh, this is dead dad money. So oh. my mom's spending my inheritance right now on me. So it's cool. So all Whatever. of these memories are now just tied to your dead dad. Yeah, it's all good. That sucks. He hated Disneyland. So <laughs> I didn't think about it at all when I was That's there. Even, anyway. That makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah, to he be honest. <laughs> You're giving mom death money away for what? But, anyway, so we, we went down. We went down on a Thursday. Uh, flew out of San Jose, which wasn't. Yeah, as, that seemed really random. So it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Because you don't live near San Jose. I know. And we didn't have a choice of where the flight was from. I didn't find out until we were boarding the plane uh, when uh, the flight attendant, I was going to say stewardess, the flight attendant. Yeah, I know. So uh, the flight attendant said, oh, where are you from? Oh, we're outside of Berkeley. Why didn't you switch your flight to Oakland? You can do that with Southwest. Huh. Would have been helpful a couple hours ago. Yeah, I love, I love that they, they put it on you like you right. did something wrong. Why didn't you do this thing that nobody clearly knows about because and I we clearly, didn't tell you? Exactly. Wait, what happened that you would have switched like it's just a it's lot just closer. closer that's all no i know that but like didn't somebody book the flight yes, out of but, san jose but out of you, you can still do that with southwest so if you're saying hey they booked the flight out of san jose is there a flight leaving from oakland around the same time so you didn't book the flight is that what no you're my sister did got it okay. she surprised us on christmas with the ticket i don't this is not the topic but would you just like pay the difference or no charge there's no charge oh that's sick. and because we actually <laughs> missed our 
flight. Not surprised, by the way. It's, I'm yeah. not surprised. Becca is listening. It was Becca's fault. Yeah. <laughs> it was. No I, one is surprised by that. Yeah. Completely <laughs> Becca's fault. I love her, but completely Becca's fault. So anyway, so we, uh, Mr. She's going to start texting me in a second. Uh, Mr. Flight, but it was fine. Got down there. Uh, Ubered there. Uh, went into the parks. The parks were pretty thin. Like, all the days we were there. Because it was raining pretty hard that whole week, right? No, it only rained on Saturday. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Thursday and Friday was fine. Saturday, it rained a little bit. Um, ah. It rained hard the following week. We got to meet up with... Uh, Thanks for not talking into your microphone, Bev. I appreciate it. I really it just wanted to talk to you. I wasn't trying to. <laughs> yeah. uh, we met up with Brett. And uh, Brett. It, Brett is, uh, for those of you who are Patreon... Uh, subscribers, we we ran into Brett. Brett uh, is the one that takes the uh, our pictures. Oh yeah. So uh, cool. does he not want his last name used or something? I well, I don't know if I should say it. I or think we've not. said it before. Brett but... Schoenwald, everybody yeah. <laughs> takes photos. He's Google a cool him. Last name. Yeah, great it photos. Is. They're amazing photos. So, met up with uh, Brett and Katrina, mm-hmm. his uh, brand new fiance, yeah. like a few days earlier. So got awesome. to meet them at Carthay and have some drinks with them. That's cool. Uh, then we hung out. And the parks went back. Friday was my birthday. Let me tell you about this. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Here we go. So, super excited to get the birthday button. Super right. excited. Right, right. I, we get into the park, get in line at City Hall, get up to the top, and, you know, the plaid there is like, hey, so what do you want? What are you guys here for? So, well, I'm here. I want, I want a birthday button. He goes, oh, they're right over there, and points to a cart of buttons no. that are at yes, I have a picture of it <gasps> that is at the foot uh, the, uh, the the foot of the steps. Bro. Just a a cart of all the buttons that they have, and so <laughs> so what? you should post that with the hashtag disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> so so I was I was like okay I'm I'm going to be able to go in city hall and have a cast member like write your name write all that and give it to, yeah, go down there basically here you go do it yourself right. So I go down there, and the birthday buttons, and the um, the citizen of Disneyland, and all these buttons are all just jumbled up are together. You and I have to reach my hand into the massive thing of buttons to try to fish around for a sharpie. <gasps> Homie, wow! Also, that also, to me personally, seems like a poor. I mean, it's that's terrible, but also. Those are sharp. What if one's open and you right. like stab yeah. yourself and then bleed every like that's a liability. Well, no, you should for real write to them about that. Honestly, like I don't have the haircut for it, but I would have said, "Let me speak to your manager, please." Like my name is right. my name is Peggy and I need Exa- to speak yes. to your manager right this minute cuz well, that is not this is not okay. It takes all the personal touch away from it oh, it's and it's, terrible. it's yeah. you're you're upcharging everything. And yet, and you're trying and to you get lower them. the service. Right, lower That's the service. Not okay. I know. It's so not okay. I was a little peeved by that, but it was oh, fine. Oh yeah. So, so, but then we, oh. Um, we. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't you know. I didn't know that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so yeah. for anyone going to the parks now, write write your own button, I guess. Dude, also wear a glove. Well, I think what you right. can do, I think you can you can. Taryn's right. You should write to yeah. the city hall, but I think you can do it online. Okay, and just let them know. Like I was severe and play it up a little bit, but yeah, not yeah, too yeah. much. But like I was really disappointed. Like that is part of the magic. That's part of the fun. Right. Explain how excited you were. Right. Because that's what we talk about all the time. That's one mm-hmm. of the best benefits is yeah. walking in there and walking around with that friggin' button. Yeah. But if to do it yourself, yeah. yeah it was, it takes all, kind of everything out of wanting a button at yeah, all. Yeah, dude, I'm way too yeah. middle class to do anything for myself. <laughs> I refuse. So yeah, so I hate pumping my own gas. Tell I moved him, to Oregon. And, and in your in your letter, you should say this I'm is one kidding, of the reasons I'm not going to renew my annual pass. That's all. 
absolute lie. Uh, <laughs> You're crazy. But, you know yeah, what? I you probably are, will. You are a crazy. All right. Well, so will. you got your button. Did you, got you had to write on it. I had, so Pekka wrote on it so people could read my name because I have terrible handwriting. Well, that's so a, she, that was going to be my the next thing I said is I have awful handwriting. So and I don't care if the cast member has awful handwriting because they wrote it and it's special. Yeah. But if I right. have to write it in my own writing, then yeah. Wrong show. Uh, Great. Now I have to go figure out what time that was so I can edit out the S word. Beep. Wrong show. Sorry. Wrong show. Um, So so anyway, so have the button. We meet up with uh, one of our listeners, Maddie, at Indy. She's working at Indy. Yeah, yeah. Lets us on uh, for Indy. And then we're like, what are we going to do right now? And so Becca's like, well, let's go to the Mark Twain. So we go to the Mark Twain. And Becca asks if anyone is piloting the ship, mm-hmm. to which they respond. They respond. Well, actually, after him saying, "You have to tell me a joke to make me laugh," and we, I, I literally would have spun around on one <laughs> heel and walked away. But, Give me this, but it was fine. It was okay. fine. But so we didn't make him laugh, but he let us do it anyway. So no. he took us up. We got to pilot the Mark Twain. I got one. Your salary. Oh, jeez! Oh, laugh, not cry. Sick bird, man. Uh, so we got to, we both got to pilot the Mark Twain. Um, That's a blast, isn't it? It was amazing. If, if you've never done that, seriously, you got you got to get there. Like one of the first things you do is you go there, right? And ask the crew. Normally, they don't make you do that dumb, right? Whatever. It was, but, it was very engaging, so it was okay. Yeah, and I don't like that. So that's right. why I'm like, I don't that. No, just be normal human being. Don't be engaging. And I knew I wasn't doing anything really by turning the wheel but whatever it is yeah what it is. but it's it's a good time it was awesome. definitely try to do it it was awesome a guy shared some stories with us one of the stories that he shared was um because we asked who's the most famous people uh, people you person or people you've had up there well if you don't know if you listen to ears up podcast but uh jace petros was up here once <sighs> definitely didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> he said um uh prince william and kate were up there and so he said that uh they're up there and he, he wanted to get prince william to laugh and so he looked at him and said are you famous? Are you are you Justin Bieber? And when he said that, he said Kate actually snorted. So he got a royal snort as well. I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. And I then feel he, like English people, that's just, I don't think they laugh. I think they go, huh, or they snort. Or they go, that was funny. Yeah. Yeah. I so, think it's just the snort is like, there you go. But um, one of the things that he said, and this is actually something that stuck with me, he said that Walt um, envisioned Disneyland to be like a movie premiere because that's what he knew. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what do you mean? And so he took me through the whole thing and he said that when you walk through the gates and you have all the red bricks inside that's like the red carpet, then you're walking into the entrance. Just saying this is what he, what he, what this is his looking at. Don't, it. don't mind my, my uh, smirk, sarcastic, sarcastic scowl smirk. smirk. Yeah. But it, it, it was kind of cool the way he explained it. So then you walk okay. through, uh, through the arches, through the door, and then you see the, the, pictures of all the different rides which are you know the coming attractions is what mm-hmm. you're going to see um you go through and you go to the hub and that's where you decide which movie you're going to watch are you going to watch one about um a jungle are you going to watch one about a western are you going to watch a kid's movie are you going to watch a, a sci-fi movie and so it was kind of neat when he when he said that i was like oh that's kind of neat i've never looked at disneyland that way so we we're done with that then we kind of kicked it in new orleans square for a little bit then we went into Club 33. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. You're Welcome. finally amongst oh. the elite. So um, my my buddy, uh, my buddy Rich, we've been trying to get on the show forever, was um, let go from Pixar. They had a, a shake-up kind of a thing, and he was let go. Rich is code for John Lasseter, by the way. Right, exactly. <laughs> he gave me a weird hug, too. But, um, so, uh, oh, sorry, is that too soon? four hours. Is that too soon? So, um, so um, his boss at Plain Joe Studios uh, met up with us. Took us up. Oh my gosh! It's, it was, it's a trip, right? It was amazing. So, um, 
I loved it. I loved the um, the picture of the jazz band mm-hmm. where the people would disappear when their solo starts and they would mm. yeah in the jazz bar yeah oh my gosh yeah in the salon nouveau yeah yep. so yep. that was amazing had probably the best drink i've ever had in my life but mm-hmm. at one point like when he he took us out and we're looking we're on the balcony looking down at everyone in new Orleans square I turned literally around, looking down, looking on down. <laughs> that like, is the best. And literally and figuratively <laughs> yeah, looking right. down on them. I looked at him and I was like, I, I, I should just leave. Like, I don't belong here. I, you know, this is so weird. Why? To me. Are, like people because handing you their coats or something? No. Or like, what do you mean? <laughs> they asked me to get their car. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's because I, um, I've been on the other side of that. You know, I've been that person looking up and seeing the person in Club Thirty Three and felt how you too could be here if you right. buckle down to your studies, Timmy. T bills, T bills. Yeah, so that's what I felt. And so um, then I went back inside and had a drink and got over that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really, it was really nice. Like everything was amazing. All of the everyone. Did all you the, use the restroom? Oh, yes, those I restrooms did. are amazing. I, the most. It's one of the main things I remember from when yes, I went exactly. there. Yes, so exactly. Also, because it says crapper on the uh, to- the pool toilet, the pool toilet with. Oh, the, it does not the, say the that in the women. No, the ladies' bathroom is very elegant. <laughs> yes. There's a chain. It does not say crapper. So, well, because it's the the company who made the toilets. Oh, it's crapper. So I so I, I hope I hope that someone's last name. I can say it. It's not a curse. Right? No, I know. And I don't. I want, don't want to say the guy who took us in. I don't want to say his name because I don't want people to start hounding him. Yeah, but. But John Lasseter. John Lasseter. <laughs> but um, I didn't even have to go to the restroom. Long oh, Jasseter. No. Like, I no, didn't have to go matter. pee at all. But, oh, but yeah. the weirdest thing was. I don't think I've actually ever expelled into the restroom. <laughs> no. you, just, you go there and you pretend. Well, well I, I, it's like any nice restaurant. You go to the bathroom. Yeah. Well, so I, I went in there and I, I looked, you know, I looked in the stall and then the guy that I was with walked in. and like, walked, hey, bro, can you give me some privacy? He walked up to, to a urinal and I was like. I still want to look around, and so, but I don't want to walk out and then walk back in. And so I st- stood at the urinal and just, pre- and just pretended. Like- and then when he was done and walked out, I just kept looking around. I was like, "This is really awkward." But it was completely strange thing to do. It was a strange thing to do. I'm a strange person, but it was absolutely amazing. Club Thirty Three is worth every penny that someone else pays for you to go. Right. I exactly. could never, ever even imagine being a member of Club 33. No, it's because it's insane. so, and, and you know what, and, and I've put in our name in the hat a few times, and we never, just never hear anything, but I think now what they do is uh, they check your credit. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. So the new, the new application, and I meant to talk about this on our show, because when we move, <clears throat> when we're at our old house, um, I had put in our name like three years previous, and I hadn't heard anything because I I figured the wait was at least four or five years. Right. But then we moved, and I'm like, well, I want to make sure that you have my current update like on the list, right? My current address. I don't want to miss this. Right. And, because I, even though I can't afford it, it was really more just like fishing around for content for the show, and um, they wrote back, "Here's the application." I'm like, but I I want to. I've already applied. Right. I, so what I think is they don't really have a list. You just apply, and then now they run your credit. I, so I think they got huh. maybe got rid of the list. And so if you have enough credit and your credit is good and you're a worthy citizen of the human race, then they'll send you the packet. I don't think that wow. there's a waiting list anymore, but I could be totally wrong. That's just my version of just, you know, what happened to me. Uh, that's what I think is, is, is happening. So if you have the, the Skrilla... Which I think is like twenty five grand up front or something like that, yeah, and like ten, 10 grand a year. 10 G's a year, yeah. I'm 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 saying we we should all put our names in, 
And I mean, we all probably have bad credit, but uh, we just split the fee. How many people can be on? Uh, well, but like, like it would be in one person's name, probably mine. That's uh, fine. I have the best credit, probably, so it should probably go. In it would be name. a split between the two of us. Well, it'd be our family. That's really racist. We could be a family. Yeah, we you could, could be, be but you're not. We actually are family, Taylor. <laughs> you don't have to pretend. That's the thing. But but if you ran our credit scores together versus the two of yours together, no, they just take the highest one. <laughs> I bet you. Anyway, um, and then and then anytime you want to go, we'll just make the reservation for you. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. But see, now Sam you've given the plan, never... and now we're never going to get it, because now they're... Ever... Kim Irvine sitting here taking notes. <laughs> yeah, with know. a big quill, <laughs> quill pin <laughs> dipping <laughs> it in the inkwell. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Uh, all right, but well, yeah. good. I'm glad you got to go to Club 33, finally. Yes. Um, yeah, and that was basically it. I mean, we just hung out the rest of the time. The one thing I do want to mention before we move on that I never noticed before was the police dogs. Like in mm. the oh, wow. entrances, and the police dogs yeah, were never seen in the that. Esplanade. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, no, yeah, they're there. They yeah, were I've seen them before. Busting people, really? Yeah, with dude. what? Like so? Like there's vape pins. And so stuff? this is the thing. So I, I, um, in the 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 entrance. So before you, when you're in the bus area coming off of what is it, South Har- uh, Harbor or whatever it mm-hmm. is, um, you're coming in that way. You're um, walking up. And there were about, like before you go to the metal detector. Before you get there, so but you haven't gone through security oh, yet. Wow. There were Anaheim uh, PD with with dogs, kind of walking in a kind of a serpentine pattern through the crowd of people. Then all of a sudden, you see a dog lock onto something, and they would go and go and go and lock onto somebody. And they said, "We need to, we need to see oh. you." And they take them to the side and start going through their stuff. And sure enough, they were finding stuff, really? and it happened every single day that we were there. Then, when you get past security and you're in the Esplanade, they had um, dogs that were uh, trained, because I talked to one of the security people, trained for uh, firearms and explosives. And so, I knew those that. those dogs, because they've already checked people for, like, drugs and stuff, and so now they're looking for something that's going to be harmful, because I guess what the guy was saying with the... Um, with 3D printing being more prevalent and stuff, there you can 3D print something plastic that actually could be an explosive oh, yeah, for a for firearm. Sure. And so they have those dogs going through the Esplanade and trying to lock onto people that way. So I had never seen that before, but I'm glad. I'm glad they're doing that. So yeah, it's a weird way to end it, but yeah, that's my trip. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay, cool. good job, Terrence. It was fun. Yes, I was there when they were. I think they hadn't start. They didn't. They weren't using the metal detectors yet. Or oh, the police dogs really weren't very prevalent, but um, I think they were training the dogs. Okay. Because were yeah. you guys with us? Yeah, and the dog was, was like chasing after the one guy, and yeah, they yeah, would yeah. give it a treat when he got found the guy. Yeah, that was wild. That's yeah. craziness. But yeah, it's good. They find their security, and I felt I felt really safe. So. Okay. Well, very good. I'm glad you felt safe. Me too. And I'm glad you made it safe. Yeah, we were supposed to meet up on Sunday or whatever. I just man, I got sick. Your boy took. Seven naps in 48 hours. It's true. Plus sleep time. Like, I just, I think I was just exhausted, just tired, man. But yeah, uh, it it wasn't very cool. Jeremy, are you even still there, dude? Oh, sure. (laughs) I I went into the crapper for a little while, but I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord. Uh, All right. Well, hey, man, uh, you know. If you're, uh, oh, you want to do some feedback, Taryn? Yeah, I was just going to text you. Let's go. Okay. You could also just say it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we got kind of a lot. This first one is from Jimmy. Hold on a second, Jeremy. We have kind of a lot of feedback. Jimmy used to be in the chat all the time, and then he got busy or started hating us or something, but he wrote in. Wow. Hey, Taryn. Yo, Bev. Yo. Just listening to the last December episode where you intimated your love of Harry Potter. 
I was a Jeremy until last year. (laughs) Since then, I have read and listened to the whole series at least five times with my wife and boys. We're obsessed. Jeez. I love it. Anyway, if you haven't already, listen to the podcast called Binge Mode, Harry Potter. They dive deep on every chapter and and every movie. It's been going for six months, and it's amazing and fascinating and very funny. Hope you're all well. Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah. yeah, thanks for promoting another podcast on our podcast. Whatever. That's <laughs> Harry Potter, completely different. Yeah. I'm excited. The next one is from Bryn. Hi, all. I started listening to your podcast last spring, and you're by far my favorite Disney podcast. Hell yeah. I especially loved your five-year anniversary episode. I thought the segment about Fast Passes ruining the park was fascinating. Oh, yeah. Kyle's yeah. Uh, little Kyle. thing, man. Yeah, it was... Uh, I actually found it fascinating. Me yeah. too. <laughs> I had a thought during your two, uh, 2018 Year in Review episode when you okay. were reading the list of Disney movies that will be released this year. Yes. Have you noticed how Disney only produces movies that are sequels, part of major franchises, or remakes of their old movies? Mm-hmm. Yes. What happened to the days of original stories and Disney movies that became classics? Exactly. I'm not really loving the direction they're going, and I especially hate all these quote-unquote live-action remakes they're doing. I wonder if you agree. Thank you again for keeping me entertained and for making me laugh out loud in my car, Bryn. Uh, yes. Yes, I think we all agree. Hundo, I know, but I'm trying to think besides, like, Lion King, like, what story or what cartoon did they make that wasn't based on, like, some form of fable or short story before Finding it as well? Nemo. I thought that was based on Toy Story. Toy Story. Okay, that's a good point. That's Pixar, though. Yeah, Pixar is doing more creative. I like, like Pixar yeah. counts. But you know what? Honestly, Disney, the Disney machine rolls on and it runs on money. Bro. And so they have to, it has to be a sure thing. And they branched out. Like, what was that Oprah, John? That totally tanked. The, oh, see, I don't even remember. That's how bad it was. Um, the four, the wrinkle the, in time. Yeah, like a wrinkle that? on oh, a wrinkle yeah, on your time. Oh, I, watched, Botox I didn't hate like that. that. Um, but it, it wasn't it, good, but I didn't hate it. Tanked. Yeah, it and, did and tank. It, it was based on like previous work, but mm-hmm. I think they're trying it's some weird stuff. Now there's Artemis, Artemis John. Artemis Prime? Artemis, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> that's coming out. Yeah. That's gonna, Artemis Fowl. Oh, yes. But that's based on a book as well, so I don't know where this, uh, where the uh, you know magic is anymore. And you know, all the remakes are coming. Like I'm going to read it about in, in the news. They're doing um, a live action Hunchback of Notre Dame. Stupid. Why? Nobody even likes the first thing. The first thing. The first thing. I only liked the <laughs> McDonald toys. Yeah, well, McDonald toys are. Well, fire. historically, a lot of the Disney movies were based on something. I mean, Mary Poppins was right. not just something that. Disney created. It right. was based on a book. Snow White yes. is a fable, uh-huh. a fairy tale. Little Mermaid. Pinocchio. All yeah, of all it. Of That's Jer- true. Uh, it's it's like a lot of it's Hans Christian Andersen. A yeah. lot of it is based on... Well, yeah, something. but I mean, but considering film at that point has only been around for 20 years, storytelling in, in that kind of medium, nobody, in my opinion, really knew how to create current content for that. It was all based on what they knew at the time, what they grew up on. I'm just saying that but I don't now, know. Why isn't anyone saying the movie that needs to be remade? The Black Cauldron? Song of the South 2. <laughs> Come on. Electric Boogaloo? Yeah, oh even Southier. Oh, boy. Man, you know what? A, a, a remake of Song of the South, but a re-envision. 80s, Compton, during Breakdance Wars. So it, it, it is like Break into Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. But... But Song and South. Are they still trying to stop the South Central? Are they Song 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 and South Central? (laughs) Man, I tell you right now, I would totally watch it. But but here's the best part about that. 
is no, that totally is the vibe of the of uh, current stuff that's coming out right now. Uh, Jonah Hill just did a thing about like the '90s, and you know, and there's a uh, what was that dope? I think it's called. There's a show about. 80s dope is dope actually 80s like kind of LA area like that That, that's the the vibe that kids want to see right now man oh song of of South Central (laughs) you need to start working on that script (laughs) Greg needs to write us a rap for it let's go oh my lord is that for feedback no that's not downtown I mean you could go on and on all bad (laughs) so So good all right the next one is from Carrie uh, in uh, Canada oh hi everyone hi Bev hi we are headed to Disneyland in just a few weeks and plan to visit Trader Sam's and Carthay. We've Ooh. never been to Carthay before. Oh, my goodness. Curious to know what everyone's favorite drinks are at each place. Thanks for giving our family such an awesome podcast to listen to. Can I go, go first? Terrence. I know mine off the top of my head. Mine is the Donair uh, blend. It's uh, Donair freeze. It's a pina colada with Donair. Speaking of my Canadian friends. We need to be able to turn off his mic. I know. know. It's really unfair. can't reach it. Nope. Um, (laughs) So it's two of them, right? Going? Yeah. Oh, no. The whole family's going. Okay. So get two people. uh, Trader Sam's. uh Oa, for sure. That's bomb. Um, Carthay Manhattan is so good. So good. It it, it is. It's not worth fifteen dollars and fifty cents. It's though. actually sixteen fifty. Yeah, it it's not worth sixteen dollars and fifty cents. It's just it's it's I don't not. Think any cocktail is worth sixteen dollars. No, but no, you're I agree. Disneyland, and that's how it works. I understand. I'm just saying it was much better when it was fourteen dollars. <laughs> it felt better. Um, I agree. The the Manhattan is good, but try some of the other stuff like the Scotch Mist. Even though it's just Scotch on ice with a lime with a lemon like spritz, it's pretty good. They're all, look, it's all good. Just spend $100 on two drinks and you'll be fine. I'm quite versed in the menu at Carthay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this. Um, my absolute favorite is the Ginger Rogers. Okay. I second nice. that. Yeah, my, I figured we would have duplicates. And I was not expecting you to steal my other <laughs> one, which was the Scotch Mist. It, I'm a there's thief. something about it. It's, it's very drinkable, even though it's just straight scotch. It's, yeah. it's enjoyable. It's not harsh at all. Nice. I don't have a Trader Sam's one, though, because all of my drinks I. there have been bad. My my Trader Sam's is the Krakatoa Punch. Krakatoa Punch is good. Hippopotamai Tai Tiki 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 Room is real good. Basically, if you've never been to Trader Sam's, just look narrow your search down for anything that comes with a mug. Yeah, those are all the even if you don't buy the mug. Just having it in the mug is very special. But if you want to buy the mug, I recommend it, especially if it's your first time. It's a good souvenir. That's you know twenty five dollars extra, but or whatever it is, but it's worth it. They're cool. They're mm-hmm. they're actually very sturdy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I think there's only four or five that you can actually buy the thing from. So, you know, that's my recommendation. And I'm also not sure what the age ranges are going, but inside of Trader Sam's is 21 and over. So, one um, of should well, they have yeah, food inside of the actual bar area. Are you is. sure? I'm positive because we tried to go in with the kids before and they said no. Uh huh. Yeah. Interesting. So, but the patio area. Was yeah. not. So you need to go inside and at least get a little bit of the experience. Um, also, if you sit down uh, by on the couches that are down by the fireplace and you try to order an OA, they will charge you for the drink plus the mug. Because if you're in that area, they cannot guarantee that you will not leave with whatever mug drink well, you get. Well, then you should leave with the mug. Well, what I'm saying is that if you don't want to buy the mug, then you can't get the drink. So unless no. you really do want to get the mug. They don't, like, refund you at the end when they collect the mug back? No. They really? charge you up front, yeah. 
because they're saying what they're I saying. I didn't even know is, you could order drinks down there. Yeah. yeah, I didn't either. That's what I we do with the kids, property. like late yeah. at night with the kids. We go down there by the fire. The kids are sitting by the fire. We'll order a drink, and that's it. Cool. Yeah, I don't like that. Like they should. I mean, they should absolutely put it as a line item on right. your bill. But then when they go to deliver the check, they you. should get the they should get the mugs and then hit you with the refund. Yeah, like sure, they you do, could like, tell them like and then they, they would do it. Maybe the copper mugs. Usually, yeah, like they'll like take the your ID or something. Kind of a thing, yeah. yeah. All right, turn. Okay, uh, the next one is from Norman. I saw a YouTube ride through of an Alice ride in Blackpool, England. It opened after Disney's version and seems to have ripped it off in several ways, yeah. particularly the outdoor portion. Also, it strangely uses the Golden Ticket song from Willy Wonka throughout the ride. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Hey, I why, why rip off one IP when you can rip off two? <laughs> exactly. I actually haven't looked it up yet, but I uh, cannot wait to see this. Yes. Um, and then the last one, possibly my favorite feedback we've ever gotten. Hi, everyone. Hi, Bev. Hi. I'm a longtime UK listener and have never been and probably will not ever go to Disneyland. Oh, sad times. However, I enjoy Ears Up for the history and your stories about your adventures. I'm writing to say thank you for the gumbo recipe. I cooked it for my wife tonight and we both loved it. Nice. I did use proper tomato paste in mine, (laughs) (laughs) along with shrimp, prawns in the UK, and kale. So thanks, guys and girls. I won't see you in the parks, but I look forward to listening again soon. Matt. Maybe I'll see you in the UK. I just thought that was so (laughs) odd, but really cool that he listens to this knowing he's probably never going to go to Disneyland. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I just thought that was really nice. That's like a really big compliment. (laughs) Well, you know what, man? Hopefully in the next year here, I would like to add a show about Disney World. So, you know, maybe there'll be content on here for you. I wonder... I mean, I wonder, is he just, like, not a Disney person, or has he been to, like, Paris? Or he could be like me, where, like, I would love to go to England, but I can't sit on a plane for 11 hours, dude. I can't do it. I will try to tunnel out. (laughs) I I just pictured that. Spoon. (laughs) That's it for feedback. Join us as we unravel the magic behind some of Disney's most beloved pieces of music. It's Spectro Time. It's Magic Night, a million. Stars will play beside us, cast a spell of light, glimmering, shimmering, carouseling round. My good personal spelt friend, Jeremy with the medals. What's going on, dude? Jeremy with the medals. I like that nickname. All the medals. All the medals. <laughs> what are we talking about What's today? Happening? Not much, man. We're just, you know, sitting here. I, uh, well, this is a two-parter. You know what, Jeremy? I really appreciate your dedication to the art of storytelling to give us two parts to this. Thank you. So this is part one. Um, There's just too much, too much uh, content. So you'll have to stay tuned for the next one. (laughs) But tonight we're going to be talking about the music of Fantasia, the original version Um, in the 1930s. Walt had been working on an animated short starring Mickey Mouse in The Sorcerer's Apprentice. While this project was in the works, Walt happened to have a chance meeting with conductor Leopold Stokowski at Chasen's Restaurant in Hollywood. They had dinner together, and Walt explained that this short he was working on with The Sorcerer's Apprentice, and Stokowski became fascinated. He said, boy, I would love to conduct that. So... Now, you have to understand who Leopold Stokowski is, okay? Okay, yes. He was an immensely popular conductor in the 30s, 
and he had already been conducting at that time for over 20 years. And he was well known in the public, even among people who didn't really listen to classical music he, because he was a showman. Okay. So and his his uh, his very striking look and his charisma meant that his popularity uh, broke the ba- the bounds of the classical music world. And he was a popular figure. He became known for grand gestures during concerts, such as such as uh, taking the sheet music and throwing it to the floor to show that he didn't need the score to conduct the music. <laughs> That's what I would do. I'm that kind of a show. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. <laughs> uh, in 1929, he made some history when he ceased the use of the traditional conductor's baton, preferring instead to use just his hands to conduct, which he did in a very flamboyant manner. He, he put on a very big show with his hands. Uh, Stokowski is also credited as the first conductor to adopt the seating plan that is used today by most orchestras. Huh. So when you go, you see... Uh, with the first and second violins together on the conductor's left and the violas and the cellos to the right and then so on. Um, he was throughout his career, he was, he was always trying to innovate and he was constantly moving around the sections of the orchestra so that he could get the best sound. And what we have today, what most use came from that experimentation. Oh. Interesting. Okay. That's kind of cool. He's famously known for having been the conductor of the Philadelphia Orchestra, which is the orchestra that ended up playing, came along with him. So he conducted Fantasia and it was the Philadelphia Orchestra that he conducted. And he developed a warm Stokowski sound or what came to be known as the Philadelphia sound, which was in part due to his encouraging the practice of free bowing by the string section. Free bow. Now, free bow? Now, Free <laughs> uh, free. So, normally, what you see in the, at a in an orchestra is unison bowing. So, what happens is the concert master, who is usually the first chair, first violin, goes through the score and puts in the score the different, you know, how the violinists and the string instruments will bow across the instrument for each note. Um. <laughs> And what he encouraged was something called free bowing, which left the way they bow the, the instrument up to the, each individual player. And it, what they say is that gives it a warmer sound because it, does, they're not breaking at the same time. Does it? Aff- oh. So it affects the tone and how they bow? Yeah. And okay. it, makes a, it makes a fuller sound. Now, so, this that- is a practice that is rarely used today. Even the Philadelphia Orchestra, after Stokowski retired, dropped the practice because the negative of free bowing is that because they're not bowing in unison, sometimes the instrumentalists can get out of sync with each other in, in how they're playing, not just in their bowing. And so it's really, it's not something that's used today really very much. We're back to unison bowing. Nerds. You're nerds. So take a listen here as Stokowski, just to give you a little introduction to Stokowski before he came to Fantasia, take a listen here as Stokowski conducts the Philadelphia Orchestra playing Tchaikovsky's March Slav in B-flat minor opus 31, Recorded here in 1925, number one. At your apartment? Right here. The 
the original that you just heard, I picked that because it was recorded in 1925. It was it was kind of when he was right in the middle of his career with the Philadelphia Orchestra when he recorded it. It isn't the greatest quality, but I wanted something from that time period. Yeah. Now, I am a classical music fan, and because I know that there might be people listening who aren't as familiar with classical music, and I really like the piece March Slav, so I didn't want to leave you with that really crappy recording. So here is a better version of March Slav performed by the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, number two. Much better recording. It, it reminds me of like a um, an overture in like an old movie. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. That, that was it. Like Gone Period. with the Wind. It's good. All right. <laughs> you know what? It actually does sound a lot like the opening to Gone with, with the Wind that you mentioned. That. Thank you. Very good. Ben. Brown noser. So now Stokowski's interested, and now Walt's mind is stirring with even bigger ideas. He doesn't stay on something small for very long. This is no longer going to be a short. This is going to be a full feature okay now part of that was because walt likes to do things really big and and you know different but it was also a function of necessity because when roy saw how much it costs to pay stakovsky and the philadelphia orchestra to do the soundtrack to a short as opposed to just the studio orchestra (laughs) he was like we're never going to recoup these costs off a short so you've got to do something bigger here walt because you need economies of scale to pay for Stokowski and the Philadelphia Orchestra. So it was a little bit that he wanted to do something bigger, but also Roy was there saying, well, practically we have to do it also. Yeah. So I went in, I told you all about um, Stokowski and how immensely popular he was and, and the impacts that he's had, even on the orchestra today, because I want you to understand that what you've got happening here is the collaboration of two cultural giants. So, one, obviously, is Walt Disney in movies and animation, and the other is in classical music. And they're coming together to create something very big and something no one has ever really seen before. Here is Walt talking about his meeting with Stokowski, number three. Well, that's what started. I was uh, doing this um, uh, Sources Apprentice with Mickey Mouse, and I happened to have dinner one night with Stokowski. And Stokowski said, oh, I would love to conduct that for you, you know? Well, that led to not only doing this one little short subject, but it got us involved where I did all of Fantasia. And before I knew it, I ended up spending 400 and some odd thousand dollars <laughs> getting music with Spakovsky. <laughs> but we were in that. It was a point of no return. We would have made it. <laughs> you know, just having dinner with, you know, one of the more yeah, famous. Con- it's fine. No big deal. You know, it, it was all right. Stokowski, as you might expect, is a big believer in classical music. And he's a big proponent, particularly of contemporary classical po- composers of his time, which really was the tail end of the romantic period of classical music at the beginning of the 1900s. And he was a, pro- a proponent of classical composers. So they were alive while he was conducting. So such as Stravinsky, Sanchez, Debussy, and Tchaikovsky, Stokowski saw the idea of Fantasia 
as a great vehicle to bring classical music to the masses through this very new medium of animation. Walt envisioned Fantasia as a concert in the form of a motion picture, but he saw it as a concert first. During its development, the working title for Fantasia was Concert Feature. And so, again, the word concert first. This was not a feature motion picture in so much as it was a concert. However, the title concert feature um, would never really work. It's a little mundane. Dozens of other titles were considered, but ultimately Fantasia was chosen as the title of the film. The word Fantasia is actually a musical term that means a free form of music. Oh, that's nice to know. So there you go. In 1938, Walt and Stokowski and others had a three-week-long meeting where they basically sat around listening to classical music and tossing around ideas for what could work and what they could animate with the various pieces of music. During the selection meetings, a gentleman named Deems Taylor was brought in. Now, Taylor was not only a composer in his own right, but was also a popular music critic of the time. So he was advising Disney as well. And they decided that Deems Taylor would also have an on-screen role as the master of ceremonies in the feature, introducing each of the pictures and giving context to them for the audience. Take a listen to Deems Taylor on screen in Fantasia number four. How do you do? My name is Deems Taylor, and it's my very pleasant duty to welcome you here on behalf of Walt Disney, Leopold Stokowski, and all the other artists and musicians whose combined talents went into the creation of this new form of entertainment, Fantasia. What you're going to see are the designs and pictures and stories that music inspired in the minds and imaginations of a group of artists. On acid. In other words, these are not going to be the interpretations of trained musicians, which I think is all of the good. Now, there are three kinds of music on this Fantasia program. First is the kind that tells a definite story. Then there's the kind that, while it has no specific plot, does paint a series of more or less definite pictures. Then there's a third kind, music that exists simply for its own sake. Now, the number that opens our Fantasia program, the Toccata and Fugue, is music of this third kind, what we call absolute music. Even the title has no meaning beyond a description of the form of the music. Sounds complicated to me, dude. <laughs> well, as Deems just told us, the first piece was Bach's Toccata and Fugue in D minor. Walt envisioned the animation for this to be completely abstract, and he wanted moving abstract art to classical music. In this first piece's finished format, it wasn't entirely abstract. So when you're watching it, if you've seen this, you'll have in a part basic lines just kind of moving up and down in the abstract. But... As the as it progresses, they turn into violin bows in time with the music. So it goes from being abstract art to representational art. Mm-hmm. Walt was keen to have his abstract art in the film, but at the same time, he didn't want to be so avant-garde that he scared off the audience. And so that's why you have that tr- sort of fight between true abstract and representational art. So it was understandably abstract for the audience. Take a listen to the opening piece in the film box, Toccata and Fugue in D minor number five.
Also, Takata, up, Takata oh. and Fugue sounds like an uh, indie rock band. <laughs> I'm going to go see Takata and Fugue. <laughs> yeah, it does. Totally. The planet cat power. <laughs> Next up is the Nutcracker Suite. Here you have a very popular ballet piece that the audience knows well for its familiar story. So Walt was pretty brave here in abandoning the original story of the Nutcracker and instead uses the music to tell the story of the changing of the seasons. However, while he did get rid of the story of the Nutcracker ballet, the piece in Fantasia does still live on as a ballet, but here it's a ballet of nature with dancing leaves, flowers, and snowflakes. Take a listen to Tchaikovsky's The Nutcracker from the film number six. Perfect for flowers dancing. Oh my god! I didn't mean to stop you. I just realized I just screwed that up. <gasps> wow! Oh my god! Oh, wow! Well, there's no going back now. Sorry, Petros. That's all right, Murray. I mean, yeah, I can I keep really, going it, but uh, I really owe you one. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> I was reading ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the centerpiece of the film was the film's catalyst. The Sorcerer's Apprentice, composed by Paul Ducat, is the only piece in the film which the on-screen artwork does tell the original story intended by the composer, only, of course, starring Mickey Mouse as the apprentice of a sorcerer for whom magic goes out of control. It, of course, now has come to symbolize the entire film. Take a listen to Paul Ducat's The Sorcerer's Apprentice, and I Will Stay Quiet, number seven. Rite of Spring, which had only recently been composed by Russian composer Igor Stravinsky for the 1913 Paris season of Sergei Diaghilev's Ballet Russes Company, was meant to be a ballet of, seri- a, ballet of a series of primitive dances. Disney instead to chose, chose to tell the story of the origins of life on Earth. Take a listen, number eight. Thank you. 
Very chaotic. I hate that. You do? <laughs> yeah. Why? It was uh, editing it, like trying to pull oh. out <laughs> pieces of it that I was like, well, what would be nice from this? I think it's 22 <laughs> yeah. minutes long. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. I-, I couldn't find anything I wanted to play. Hmm. I'm like, this is just awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell him you said that. Sure. The next piece is the Pastoral Symphony. Originally, they had intended to use Sidelis at Le Chavre Pied by Gabrielle Piernay, but it wasn't big enough for what they had planned. So instead, they chose to use Beethoven's Pastoral Symphony No. 6. In the original animation for the Greek mythological segment, the female centaurs were bare-breasted. But the Hayes office, which enforced the motion picture production code, insisted that garlands be hung around the necks to hide their female anatomy. Likewise, the male centaurs were also toned down to appear less intimidating. Here is Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 6, Pastoral Number no. 9. As a Greek man, uh, I'm highly offended by that. Let my culture yeah. speak, please. I'd like to hang a garland around you. <laughs> and hide my intimidating form. <laughs> to make you less intimidating. <laughs> Well, I am in a social club. I don't know if you knew that. literally just make me feel like I'm watching Downton Abbey. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm okay with. Oh, sure. Where's Carson? Carson Daly? No. No. The the, the butler. You know, that movie comes out next year. This year. Are you going to go see it? You bet I am. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. All right. Continue, please, Jeremy. (laughs) You don't like my Downton tangent? No, I love it. But we've been after it for an hour. And I still okay, have, we got him. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep him moving. Yeah. Dance of the Hours was meant to be a parody of the highbrow dance segments that had made their way into many of the cinematic features of the time. Disney wanted to represent present animals performing a caricature ballet sequence with comedic slips. To gain a better idea of the animals' movements, the crew visited Griffith Park Zoo in Los Angeles. Animator John Hench was assigned to work on the segment, but resisted citing the fact that he knew very little about ballet. Well, Walt then gave Hench season tickets to the Ballet Russe de Monte Carlo with backstage access so he could learn more about it. <laughs> of course. Because you a need solution to be for everything, haven't we? Yeah. You need to be backstage and then go to many uh, ballets instead of just, you know, one <laughs> right. in like a box seat. Right. Meanwhile, he probably just didn't even feel like doing it. Now he's at, now he's at every ballet. <laughs> <laughs> he secretly loves it. <laughs> That'll teach you to lie, John Hench. <laughs> Walt even added classical ballet performers to his studio for the animators to observe in order to better animate the ballet. They selected here Poncelli's suite from the opera La Gioconda, number 10. (laughs) 
thought I did something. What's going on, Jeremy? That's good. good i do like that segment in fantasia too the dancing hippos mm. it's, cute. Mm. it's cute stuff two pieces together form the finale of fantasia in a clash of good and evil beginning with mazorkski's night on bald mountain it's paired to finish off the movie with schubert's ave maria from the profane to the sacred leaving us with hope walt meant for the ave maria to provide a sense of hopeful relief from the tense images from the night on bald mountain secret sequence the procession of the faithful from this final segment is one of the most elaborate single shots in history, filmed continuously by nine men over six full days and nights using a single horizontal multiplane camera set up across the 154-foot length of the Disney Studio soundstage. Um, the film ends with an image of hope, the sun coming up. Take a listen to Night on Bald Mountain combined with Schubert's Ave Maria, number 11. We can rap over this, Terrence. So there you go. Terrence is crying. Beautiful. Ave Maria is such a beautiful song. I like how they, it is beautiful, and I love how they combined it so that you were relieved at the end, Mm -hmm. and it takes you on that emotional journey. It's actually really intelligent. The sound had to be better for Fantasia than it would be for any ordinary film. Instead of recording in Hollywood, they went to Philadelphia Academy of Music to record with the Philadelphia Orchestra in its home. This location in the Academy would provide the necessary sound and acoustics. The sound engineers ended up creating something called Fantasound. Today, we would know this as audio, uh, as audio in stereo surround sound. 
so you get different sounds left, right, and center to recreate the feeling of hearing the music in the concert hall. This form of sound had never been heard in a movie theater before. Almost a fifth of the film's budget was spent on its recording techniques, and approximately three million feet of sound film were used in the creation of Fantasia. So they invented stereo sound for this. That's cool. (laughs) Crazy. Not just that. In Fantasia, there are 24 frames a second. That basically is 24 individual paintings, each one taking three to four hours to produce. So for one second of action, you're looking at three days of work. Each second. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> Walt didn't necessarily view Fantasia as an ordinary motion picture. It was even described in some marketing as a new type of screen experience. And it wasn't sold like a regular movie was. They dubbed it a road show. And you had to even buy tickets in advance for reserved seats, just like you would if you were going to a concert or a musical. Hmm. The show had programs, and they even trained theater staff to properly take the patrons to their seats. This was an event. It was an experience. It ran for over a year in New York's Broadway Theater and Los Angeles's Carthay Circle Theater, where after 28 weeks, it broke the record of longest-running film to date, a title which had previously been held by Bev's Gone with the Wind. <laughs> only, only 12 venues were ever equipped to show the picture in Fantasound, because at a cost of $85,000 in those days' dollars, to fit Fantasound into a theater, it was far too expensive for most theaters. No, because weren't movies he, like five cents back then? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was 85000 then. Oh. Walt envisioned wow. it as a perpetual concert that would be released with new tracks and tracks that would be removed. So you might go back every year and one thing might be gone and a new one would be back, but it would kind of just always be running. Hmm. Interesting concept. He was even developing additional segments for the new musical editions, including... (laughs) Oh, Baba Walters is here. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Including Swan of Twinella, Ride of the Valkyries. In fact, Claire de Lune was even fully animated. However, it was cut prior to theatrical release to shorten the length of the picture. But here it is, number 12. Just that last segment that kind of build and the, I don't know, it just feels like we're watching a Disney movie. It it makes me feel like I'm in like Las Vegas looking at the Bellagio waterfalls. (laughs) At the end of Ocean's Uh, Eleven? Exactly. (laughs) I think that's that's a song. song. It is a song from Ocean's. That's one of my favorite pieces. Disney outsourced subsequent releases of the film to RKO, where it was cut from 124 minutes to 81 minutes, which dropped the intro to Kata and Fugue and most of the live segments featuring speaking portions in the orchestra. It wasn't until its release in 1969 where it finally started to make a profit on its initial budget of $2.28 million. Oh, my God. It actually seems 19- relatively cheap, considering how much work was involved in it. Yeah. 
For the 1982 and 1985 releases, Disney presented Fantasia with a completely new soundtrack recorded in Dolby Stereo. To replace Stokowski's recordings, Disney used film conductor Erwin Kostal. He directed a 121-piece orchestra and 50-voice choir for the recording that took place over 18 sessions at a cost of $1 million. For its 50th anniversary in 1990, Fantasia returned to 550 theaters nationwide in October of that year. This performance included its live-action scenes with Deems Taylor and the original Stokowski score. The film underwent a two-year restoration process, which began after a six-month search to piece together the original negatives that had been in storage since 1946. The Stokowski soundtrack was digitally remastered with an estimated 3,000 pops and hisses being removed in the process. The 1990 reissue of Fantasia went on to gross $25 million domestically. Fantasia was not without controversy. In the late 1960s, four shots were removed that depicted two characters in a racially stereotyped manner from the Pastoral Symphony segment in which a black centurette was depicted polishing the shoes of a white centurette. What? Are you serious? Song of the Fantasia. What's going on here, <laughs> bro? <laughs> like that, you you can't even say that that's you know culturally representative or what. No, that, that's just they 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 put that in there real hard on purpose. Yes. Wow. Film critic Roger Ebert commented on the edit after the 1991 video release. While the original film should, of course, be preserved for historical purposes, there is no need for the general release version to perpetrate racial stereotypes in a film designed primarily for children. Fantasia's legacy continues to live on in the parks. Mickey's Sorcerer Hat was a prominent park icon of Disney's Hollywood Studios, and the movie was featured in the park's Great Movie Ride until that ride was retired in 2017. Characters from Fantasia, such as Chernabog and others, are portrayed in the nighttime spectacular Fantasmic at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Fantasia was highlighted in the greatest nighttime parade the Walt Disney Company has ever produced, <laughs> Spectro Magic, in the section titled The Imagination of Fantasia. This was a section of the parade featuring four units dedicated to the film, including an animatronic Chernabog float that rises and spreads its wings to a stunning 38-foot span over Main Street. Take a listen to Fantasia from Spectro Magic. Well, guys, to be continued. <laughs> wow. Good job, Jeremy. Nice work. Next time, Fantasia 2000. All right. Which is better. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. All right, Jeremy. Well, hey, man, I appreciate it. And uh, uh, you're going to be on for the secret show, so we'll call you. Well, it normally would be in half an hour, but we might have to stretch that because, you know, <clears throat> you were too you were too in-depth. Sorry, I'll so. stay up. Okay, good. Break into that box of wine. Call, all right, bud. call me in a little while. I'll okay. Be drinking scotch. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> uh, all right, Taryn. What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about how to save money at Disneyland. Yes. 
So I kind of broke this up into uh, different categories of saving money. The first one that I'm going to start with, and I, and I think I'll just kind of go through and then you guys jump in maybe when yep. it makes sense. Yep, that sounds good. So uh, the first topic I've got is traveling. My thoughts here are pack your road trip and airport snacks before you leave your house. So oh, to preface what Jason said earlier, mm-hmm. it's hard to save money at Disneyland. So these are just the best tips that we could come up with to help you save few dollars here and there we've talked about some of these before uh but we're going to go ahead and, and just mention them again it's it's good to yeah. have it all enclosed into one um totally into one show so um so sorry again pack your road trips and airport snacks before you leave your house because mm-hmm. snacks and drinks that you buy at rest stops or at the airport are going to be significantly more expensive than those that you grab at your local grocery store right so there's also this giant list of uh, foods that you actually can bring through airport security okay so we'll link to that but like things like you can bring apples and bananas and sandwiches as long as they're wrapped like I, there's a bunch of stuff I had no idea you could bring through security. I, I wouldn't even thought about it right yeah but you don't have to wait till you get into the airport to buy that stuff okay awesome um, if you're driving fill up your tank before you leave your town because gas is always going to be much more expensive um, at rest stops and so fact yeah so when you do stop those rest stops only get as much gas as you absolutely need when you're planning your trip use an app like hopper which is an app that will in great detail show you the absolute best and worst times to buy plane tickets So there really is a science to this. Um, experts say that you shouldn't book your tickets more than three months ahead of time and that it's it's really somewhere about the three week before your trip mark. That's usually the best time to buy. Three weeks before your three trip? Three weeks before. So okay. for me, that's hard because I like to plan ahead. I like oh, to absolutely. have everything together. But yeah. when it comes to um, flights, it, it generally actually pays to wait. Okay, excellent. So if you have a hotel that is not within walking distance to the park or your feet hurt and you don't want to walk, uh, rather than driving and spending $25 a day on parking now. And, w- and actually waiting an hour in line to yep. park. And also not being able to even park in the parking structure but going to the overflow parking. <laughs> right. And then also having to find your car at the end of the <laughs> night, which is a pain in the butt. Yes, right. all of this for $25 or... You can take a Lyft or Uber. And in my experience, it's been about 4 to $8 a ride. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the drop-off is way closer than, yeah. it's right there than the, the tram, entrance, than, yeah, the, than all of it. Way easier. If nobody else had anything else on like traveling specifically, I'll, I'll move on. Uh, I mean, I, I sort of, it, it goes in line with the hotels. Okay. But it's that's, sort that's of the, the same when you topic have. So, okay, you go ahead and okay. then we'll, uh, I'll go from there. So, I think... I look at um, getting hotels and and lodging as it really just takes patience and planning. So if you're military, ask about military discounts. If you're a student, ask about student discounts. Uh, AAA discounts um, are at a lot of hotels. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're good friends with cast members or if you know people who work at a hotel, a lot of times you can get a friends and family discount. So ask around. It doesn't cost them, your friend, anything to give you a friends and family code. So if they have one and they can give it to you, it doesn't hurt to ask. Right. Uh, so do research and be really diligent. My aunt works at the Marriott, and so I, I have a little bit of insight on on how the hotels feel about certain things. Mm-hmm. They hate those third-party websites like Hotels.com and things. We love them because they save us money. Right. They, they let us compare. But because hotels don't like them, 
pretty much any time that I've been looking for a hotel, if I look on Hotels.com and then I go to the Marriott website, it's going to be cheaper at the Marriott website. And if it's not, you can call them and be like, hi, um, so-and-so has your, your you at this price. Can you match that or beat it? Absolutely. I would totally. never think to do that. Neither would I. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it can save you 20, 20 bucks a night. Like it, it's a which in Anaheim is tax. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So speaking of booking hotels, I will always book a free cancellation hotel. Hundred percent. Yes. Because I will book that five, six months in advance and continue looking for a hotel room for a cheaper rate. Because you can always cancel that one usually three days to one day out. Okay. Sometimes it's a week. I just put that, that cancellation date on my calendar so I don't forget. And that way it gives you, you have a hotel, you're solid, but you can still keep looking. Right. So- no, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. No, that's okay. So that's also on my list. And I will actually sometimes search the same hotel I'm already booked at. Totally. And I've a actually, lot of times I get, you know, 10 or 15 bucks cheaper for the same night, same booking, and I'll just cancel and rebook. I'm sure they hate me, but I don't care. Totally. <laughs> well, and, and I will even, if we don't even know what our trip is going to look like yet, we don't know if we're going to be there for three days or four days, I'll book for five days. And then cancel two of the days and then cancel one of the days over there. And if you realize, like what we did on our last trip, we ended up canceling the whole thing. But I booked four days, canceled one of them, went to, and then we were like, well, let's actually stay that day. So I went to book it again and it was going to charge me more. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. So I booked it under a separate reservation, exact same room, exact same hotel, cheaper. Now I have two reservations, but they're not going to make me change rooms. No. So right. just, that's what I mean by diligent. Like, they probably hate all of this, but who cares? <laughs> well, and You're exactly. saving money. And also, exactly. like, if you if you go to the, directly to the hotel... Depending upon what kind of hotel you're looking at, what you're booking at, a lot of them are in groups. They're like choice hotels or uh, Wyndham hotels or whatever. And if you sign up to be like a Wyndham member or whatever, it doesn't cost you anything. But a lot of times it comes with maybe that hotel doesn't have free parking. But if you're one of their members, if you just sign up and do the thing and you get the code, mm-hmm. you get free parking or you get you know free internet or whatever. Like It's worth looking into. Mm. Totally. Okay. That's a really good tip. All right. And then I just wanted to note um, something about... When you're looking at a hotel, when you're looking at the rates, and then there's one for like a pool view versus just a regular room, yeah. sometimes it is good to get that pool view. Not always, but sometimes, because generally, aside from just being a better view, mm-hmm. which who cares, you're not really in your room for the view, right. um, it actually does give you more square footage in the actual room. So Interesting. The, the room that we had at the Disneyland Hotel... Yes. We actually paid for a standard room, but when I asked them for a room that didn't share a wall, that's how we got that room, which was a pool view room. It was huge. And it was a bigger room. It didn't share a wall with at least one side. So there are definitely perks to upgrading in that. And it's usually only a few bucks, 10, 15 bucks to do that. I have stuff on uh, finding hotels. Okay. If you're done. Go for it. Okay. So, yeah, like Terrence saying, hotels are a big place to save money. But if you stay farther away, so it kind of incorporates the taking a lift and trying to find cheap hotels. If you're willing to stay farther away, you can find cheap hotels that have free parking, and then you just take a, take a lift, mm-hmm. take an Uber, whatever. In a quick Google search, most of the hotels in walking distance right now, or at least a couple nights ago when I did this, are an average of 150 a night. But if you search a couple miles away from the area and you're getting three-star hotels for under $100, uh, the Lemon Tree, never heard of it. I've, I've stayed oh, there. Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah. Really? Yeah. Nice? Um, 
it's a solid B. It's three stars. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. It was clean. I think they gave us breakfast and I didn't have to pay for parking. It was yeah. far away. And that was the that free was parking. the day that we drove in and it was terrible. Okay. Take a lift. Yeah. yeah. Free parking, lift. free continental breakfast, four miles from Disneyland, 13 minute car ride, $95. Yeah. And I not think bad. something that they had that I really appreciated is uh, I think the floors were all laminate. So there oh, was, it wasn't nice. gross carpet. That's yeah. nice. Because the 95 bucks free parking. So you're already saving that money by not parking at Disneyland, or and a lot of those hotels that are closer in that radius, they you charge like parking. Fifteen bucks a night for yeah. parking, right? And they go, well, it's cheaper. And you go, well, it's cheaper than staying and then right. parking at the resort, but you could stay a little farther away. And again, you're saving ten, fifteen bucks, but that's a night, yeah, right? Or the Cortana, which is three miles away. I stayed there also. An eight-minute car ride, free parking. That hotel, as of two nights ago, was eighty-five dollars. That's awesome. I've actually also walked from that hotel. It doesn't seem like three miles. Hmm. It's not. It's not the worst walk I've ever done. Oh, yeah. Nice. All right, that sounds good to me, man. But yeah, three miles. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't do it now. I probably I wouldn't do it then. I don't think it was three miles. But st- well, that's what the Google or something. I think that might be, a different be from one, the maybe. entrance, though. No, I think yeah. it's probably from the entrance. But it's not. It's not that bad. Okay. Nice. Going along with hotel room stuff, try to upgrade your room to a suite with a kitchen or kitchenette and make food. Maybe it's just breakfast. Maybe it's just lunch. Maybe just a fast dinner. If you come home for a nap uh, in the middle of the day, then you make your lunch or you you know make sandwiches and bring them in the park or whatever. But make sure the money savings is worth it because if you have to buy food and cook it there, and the difference is like fifty bucks a night to upgrade to a kitchenette, it may not be it may not be worth it. Well, and here's a here's a tip on that same note: is there the residence in by the Marriott mm-hmm. is the only hotel that I could find that every single room has a full kitchen. So That's you're great. not even upgrading yeah. if you if you try going there. And it's walking distance to the park. So. It's a nice hotel. Yeah. It's a nice hotel, but you're not upgrading because everything is the same level, so it's more expensive than everything else. It's not. Oh, okay. No. All right. Uh, but if you want to stay six miles from the park right now, you can get a room at the Extended Stay America Orange County Anaheim Hills for $90. That includes a kitchenette and free parking 15 minutes away. It's not really a haul, but you know, maybe you know, maybe it is. But I mean, but if you think about 90 it, ninety bucks for a room with a kitchenette, dude. And you know, you you take it's fifteen minutes away. It's a fifteen minute walk from wherever else it's you're true. staying. So yeah, pretty much, it's man. A fifteen minute drive for sure. And then we're talking food real fast. So if you have a kitchenette, you want food. If you don't have a car, if you flew in, or you don't want to go to the store for whatever reason, uh, there's a Vons locally. They will deliver for free if you spend fifty bucks. Nice. I did not know that. Yeah, neither did I. Uh, yeah. And there's there's other services Instacart. like Instacart or whatever. Amazon Prime mm-hmm. pantry, pantry will deliver to like to Disneyland Hotel. Everything will deliver to the hotels, but Vons is free if you spend over fifty bucks. So if you're going to be there for a couple of days, you get a kitchenette for ninety bucks a night. You get your groceries delivered for free over fifty bucks. You're saving a ton of money by not buying a bunch of food at Disneyland. That is almost overpriced now to be honest well and i can't vouch for all hotels with kitchenettes but i do know that the residents in that family of hotels mm-hmm. they you can actually they have a list like a checklist when in the kitchen when you when you go in there yeah. and you can check off groceries bananas apple like and they will actually do the grocery shopping and it'll show up for you that's great it's crazy yeah i will say if you're not gonna pay for 
up the upcharge on a kitchenette, make sure your hotel at least has a refrigerator. Mm, yes. Yes, absolutely. Then yeah, Definitely. like if you're some, of the, your stuff, some of them. Some it's so dumb, but some of like the nicer, more expensive hotels are the ones that don't have microwaves and don't don't have refrigerators. And it's I don't understand that. So frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think you can ask for them though. I think that's like a thing because a lot sometimes, of people have to keep. Sometimes, yeah. Like if you have insulin, you have to keep it cold. I think they're required to have so many on hand. Oh, that mm-hmm. makes and you sense. You have to pay like ten bucks a night or something. That makes sense. So I think that Terrence may disagree with me on this one, but I just already Terrence. I d- she's already after you. No, 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 because he said this before. But I don't really see the value of getting club level at like the dis- at a, a Disneyland property hotel. And here's my reason: I think that at Disneyland, there's so much right around you. I don't think I would ever find myself in the hotel at the right time to really take advantage of that added cost. At Disney World, I totally see that value. And I know that you've had a different experience, but I'd because it is a really big charge up from what I've noticed. It's like a hundred bucks extra a night kind of deal. Yeah, so we got it because my sister in law wanted us to get it. Yeah, and we also had <laughs> honestly, but we also had really little kids, mm-hmm. and so we spent more time at the hotel then than uh, we would now. So we did find ourselves there at the right okay. time. And so um, if we went back and you know for a quick break, go to the pool, we would go up. To concierge level, get a snack, then go down to the pool. Thirty minutes after eating, of course, so of course. no one got a cramp. <laughs> um, and then we get in the pool. Nice tail, bro. I know, I know. But so it works for that. But if you are, you know, if it's just two people or yourselves, or if you have older kids, you'll never use it. Probably not even in the morning, to be honest with you. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. And then uh, we were we t- we mentioned uh, free breakfast at the hotels. A lot of the hotels around Disneyland do this. Um, some of the more notable ones that I found that definitely do it. I mean, just check. But uh, the Hyatt House, the Residence Inn again, Best Western Plus, and the Spring Hill Suites, they all have free breakfast, which I think is really great. Oh, Especially because yeah. Disneyland's breakfast really aren't that great. No, they're really not. Dude, you're talking I'm, powdered eggs or whatever. And I'm going to be perfectly Maybe honest with you. Every hotel I've ever gone to at Dis- for Disneyland that has a free breakfast, I will grab a couple apples mm-hmm. and I throw them in my oh, yeah. bag and take them with like that's part that's, for sure. Yeah. That's me saving money. Like that's a snack totally. for later on in the day. Well, yeah. yep. also if you're staying at one of the hotels that's near Disneyland but not a Disneyland hotel, um, McDonald's and Panera is right. They're right there as well, True. and it's a quick, way cheaper, really good breakfast. I had I had breakfast at Panera most of the days we were there. It mm. was really good. Earl sandwich, dude. Oh yeah, Earl, Earl. Sandwich. Yeah, that's, that's true. Have you eaten Earl They're Sandwich good. yet? I have I, not since they reopened, but I've <laughs> seen it before. Stuff, it's bombed. Yeah, yeah we good. didn't go there our last trip, which is sort of stupid. Uh, so the next uh, category are tickets. So really, I'm not going to say this is a fact, but there are really only two ways for a normal person to save money on Disneyland tickets, mm-hmm. and it's to purchase your tickets ahead of time from a site like Getaway Today, or to go to the parks during non- non-peak times. Yes. I mean, there's you're not going to save money any other way. Or plan tickets. a trip with a friend who's military and can oh, buy yes. your tickets for you. True. Yes. Yeah, there's another one. And so then the next uh, category, food. So I think this one's probably the most important. Because uh, you can save dollars here and there all over the place. So don't ever, ever buy water at Disneyland. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> like the first thing on my list. Yes. Yep. Bring your... Buy the water from the store mm-hmm. because yes. Anaheim water tastes oh, terrible. Yeah. Yes. Anaheim water tastes bad, and I think Disneyland water tastes worse. It yeah, tastes I like agree. metal and dirt mixed together with yeah. a yeah. sprinkling of blood. But, yeah. Yeah. but what I, we found out as well <laughs> is that if you bring like a, a Hydro Flask... And then go into one of the Starbucks, either in, in uh, downtown, one of the two in downtown Disney, 
uh, Disneyland or DCA and just ask for some ice and then fill up your hydro flask with water, it doesn't taste that bad. Hmm. No, and it's colder, it's better, but it yeah. still tastes like butt. So I bought one, and I'm, I'm writing an article about it. Maybe I'll finish it one day. It's one of those water the, bottles. Uh, the How's the movie filter? review going? Movie is going great. Okay, good. It's okay, not even. On. It's not <laughs> up to me right now uh, with the carbon filter. The carbon filters. And so you kind of have to work at it and kind of squeeze yeah. at the, you know whatever. Uh, but it took out eighty to ninety percent of the nice. of the blood. Nice. The flavor. <laughs> the blood. Really. It really did. And it, it, yeah, and yeah. I was actually very surprised because if one thing that always sticks with me every time I I, I think about. Disneyland is drinking the terrible water. Yeah. Or paying $5 for a Dasani that you could get at McDonald's for 99 cents. No, I'm not trying to do that. Dasani, yeah. is, Dasani is not even very good water anyways. It's, it's oh, too it's soft actually, and weird. It's I don't one like of my it. favorite. Mm. Yeah, mine too. If it's not Fiji, don't miss me with that <laughs> stuff, dude. Get Come out on. of my face. Uh, so... Uh, a lot of people don't know that you can bring food into the park. Mm-hmm. So bring, bring. I, I would advise bringing snacks. Don't bring your whole meal. That's I'm a, bringing a whole of, hog. That's I'm kind of roast a, a lot. <laughs> but you know, crackers, chips, fruits, nuts, um, uncrustables are awesome to bring because yeah. they you bring them in frozen, and then by the time you want it, it's not frozen. Popcorn. Oh, popcorn's great. Sodas, juices, all that stuff. Bring that popcorn. Stuff. Yeah, it throw it in a ziploc bag. Yeah, but, well, I know it works, but I feel like you you want condensed more you want more energy per square inch than popcorn i mean popcorn was great the kids loved it no, actually just great. bring the corn and then give it to the popcorn <laughs> cart but can you please pop can this, you make this for me <laughs> can i trade you it's just, it's even it's an even trade you just have to it's got to cook it it's yeah. fine. i need you to be quiet <laughs> uh so choose where you eat wisely i have a few suggestions for large uh shareable portions uh, Rancho de Zocalo, yes. the Carnation Cafe on Main Street. They have very large breakfasts. The French Market Restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's a sit-down place, but really big meals. Um, Plaza Inn. Mm-hmm. I actually saw a picture of somebody who triple split their, their oh, meal. Sure. And it's a lot of food. Yeah, yeah. yeah that place serves a lot of food. A ton of food. Uh, That's the, the chicken place, right? Yes. The fried chicken? Fried chicken place. Yes, the is. Cocina Cucamonga Mexican Grill in DCA. Flo's V8 Cafe in DCA. That one's like a little on the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, you could yeah. share if you're not super hungry. Yeah, they're decent portions. Yeah. Chinese food spot, the Lucky Dragon or Lucky Fortune Cookie Lucky, or whatever. Yeah. They give you a ton of food. I yeah. had rice mush there just one too many times. Hmm. Oh, I, I every time I'm in DCA, I eat there. It's great. I love it. So that's actually under my um, foods that will leave you feeling full. Okay. Is uh, those rice bowls, soup in a bread bowl. And you can get those uh, in New Orleans Square. You can get them at DCA. at Boudin uh, Factory. Actually, it's called the Pacific Wharf Cafe and the Royal Street Veranda in Disneyland. Also, the one place at Disneyland that's super random that has a good big breakfast burrito is in Tomorrowland at the Galactic Grill. They have a breakfast Hmm. burrito that is a decent size and left me full. And then, so interesting, corn dogs. So... Corn dogs are $9.49. Yeah, uh, that's at both Disneyland and DCA, and they come as a package. So you get a corn dog and a bag of chips or, or, apples. or a bag of apples. However, you can actually ask them to, that you can just tell them, I don't want the chips or the apples. And there is actually a secret less cost price for the corn dog. They deduct the cost? Yes. How much no. is it? Like 50 cents? So... The article I read was two years old, um, and so when he ha- when he did this, the corn dogs were eight fifty, and he saved two dollars and fifty cents. 
I know. That is rude to 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 precharge me or assume that I'm going to eat two fried things here. It's it's not on the menu, so you actually have to ask. So, like, they don't put it as an option. This is trickery, Mm -hmm. but. It's a really good trick to know because they're they'll give you the a la carte hot I'm, dog. I'm interested yeah. if they'll still do that, and, and I, I would imagine it's also I, cast member dependent possibly. because some of you know I mean it's, it's like it's like one of those places that nothing's really written in stone. So you go, oh well, the other guy did it for me. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not really allowed to do that. It's kind of the way it, it is. But yeah, but so, I mean, if they're making you write your own stupid name on buttons, well, who knows what they're doing? <laughs> That's now. true. So before you move on from yeah. food, this isn't, I mean, this isn't really saving money. Uh-huh. It's but just spending money at different Bring your times. own caramel sauce. Yeah, absolutely. Always. Yeah. I have mine in my purse right now. I just sit everywhere. But um, I thought, I was thinking it would, I've never done this, but buy a gift card. Buy a Disney gift card and use it, like that can be used in the park and use that for food, but buy it ahead of time so that when you're buying your food, maybe you just don't feel like the crunch of spending the money all at once yeah, to like you, help you budget. Yeah, yeah, you're budgeting that way. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. Actually, another tip I have for budgeting: use cash. Hmm. If you see the money that you have dwindling, yeah, you don't true. spend oh, yeah. as much. There you that's go. True. Do they still make cash? <laughs> they do. Like paper monies. They do. Paper money. Yeah, okay. Um, next category: drinking. If you're going to, Hell yeah. <laughs> if you're going to drink at the parks, it's gonna cost you. Uh, so, however, that said, grabbing a beer at the beer carts rather than in Carthay Circles, for instance, um, you're going to save money on a tip. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm giving out the tips. So, hey, speaking of beer in DCA, the 21st Amendment has been serving craft beer in the San Francisco Bay Area for 19 years, from their initial brew pub on Second Street, just two blocks from Giant Stadium in San Francisco, to their production brewery and tap room across the bay in San Leandro. The 21st Amendment is now available in 29 states, including in and around the parks. Next time you're in San Francisco, visit the brew pub in SF and their new tap room and brewery in San Leandro for some great beers and good food. I'm sure to ask for the 21st Amendment wherever you find good craft beer. Speaking of finding yes. good beers in DCA. Good one. I just made all that up on my own. That was really good. Thanks. You're a really good improver. Thank you. Um, in restaurant atmospheres uh, like Carthay Lounge, Trader Sam's, the Lamplight Lounge, I would suggest really looking at the ingredients uh, in the drink that you're ordering. For instance, if your Trader Sam's tiki drink has three juices and one rum listed, you're probably going to be overpaying on that drink. Mm. So... I would try and find a drink with multiple boozes, not to get wasted, but mm-hmm. just to get your money's get worth. more bang for your buck. Yeah. That's actually a great... <laughs> okay. Yeah. My I alcoholism mean, is showing excuse <laughs> I never really thought of that uh, on this level, but I, we are in dire times <laughs> these, these days. Di- exactly. These are dark days for being a Disney uh, drinker. Also, if you're really, really trying to pinch pennies, just stay away from Carthay Lounge. Just stay home, really. Um, <laughs> Watch ride-throughs. That's my last topic. Watch ride-throughs on YouTube Jeez. and, uh, you know, get sunburned. There you go. So the Lamplight Lounge and the Alfresco Tasting Lounge, they... <laughs> I've literally never heard of that. We've we've eaten there. The Alfresco it's, it's Tasting the one, Lounge. Get out of a tasting lounge. It's where people used to go, where you could see, like... Oh, in the Cars, cars land, land when it was yeah. being built? It was yeah. that. Tasting Lounge. So it's called the Alfresco Tasting Lounge. They Sorry, both have man. cheaper cocktails than Carthay, <laughs> even though they're very similar drinks. Um, you're going to save about a dollar to two dollars per similar drink. Okay. And then That's that, cool. and then plus tax and tip, like it's all, you're, if you save two dollars on a drink, you're saving a lot more than even two dollars. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, I thought that was a really important tip. Although, you know, it's also just Carthay, so. 
whatever. Uh, so souvenirs. This is my last topic. So this is tricky because Jason and I are horrible at this. Um, <laughs> Disneyland just generally has this way of making really expensive things seem not so bad. And like you need them. Yeah. And mainly you, Yeah, me. you absolutely... Well, yes, I'll definitely. I'll be definitely honest. Definitely that. mainly Jason. And it's kind of like when Bev po- bought ponchos. It was raining. For of. like... It had been raining previous <laughs> to the purchase. <laughs> yeah. But as the purchase commenced, I was raining just, it was not. You know what? I... Still have that poncho. I mean, I returned two of them, but I still have the one that I put on, and I will use it again. I will never forget spying on you through the window, <laughs> and Sam and I are dying, and the poor like, cast member's super sweet, and like, yes, I will. Yes, you can return these two ponchos, and we're just well, like, she was I can't like, get well, she was like, it's in. obvious that you didn't open these because there's no way you'd be able to fold them back. <laughs> um, oh, Sam was so annoyed. I remember that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, Mickey Mouse ear hats. My suggestion would be to spend the money to get your name on the hat. Spend that extra money. But don't spend the extra money to get the Winnie the Pooh font. Come on, just go classic. Mm-hmm. Save that $3 or whatever it is. It's not a big deal. People have mentioned in the past to bring, um, like, new stuffed animals or new Disney necklaces on the trip and then let your kid open them before you head into the park. It's a good suggestion, but I personally specifically remember, like, being so excited to pick out something in the park when I was little. And so I kind of have a different idea. I would say set a spending limit for your kid and don't go over it. But better yet, like give your kid a $20 bill and let them have that as their money and they get to pick whatever they want. Along with that, not that I need to teach people how to be parents, but don't use this as an opportunity to teach your kid about taxes. If your kid finds something for nineteen ninety five. They did a really good job of finding something in their budget. Like, <laughs> let's just be cool about it. Also, do not ever buy any, Jason, don't ever buy any souvenirs until your last day. Wait as long as humanly possible no, to buy get, any souvenirs. That, no, I agree. You know why? I agree. Because if you buy something on day one, you're going to buy something on day two and day three and day four. Maybe. You don't know me. Yes, I do. No. Yes, we do. And it happens. <laughs> I usually let Abby buy one souvenir while we're there. But she can't buy it until the end of the day or the, the the last day. And she has she can look around on other days, but she's needs to be making a decision. So when the last day comes, she knows what she wants. Yeah. And see, I think that's perfect. Does it work? Yeah. Hmm. Most of the time. <laughs> um, and then I I, I, th- I came up with this one on my own, but start a souvenir <laughs> tradition. So each time you go buy a charm for your charm bracelet or a pin for your lanyard or a silhouette for your wall, and that way you at least can budget for it because you know how much it's going to cost. Right. And then you, you take it out of the shop, out of the bag, and you throw it into the crowd, and you tell your kid, if you want it, go find it. And then, uh, The next God. thing. <laughs> and then that's how they earn their keep. Stop speaking. Well, I'm, I know just what you think. So now I'm disappointed in this next one because it's, it's just get free stuff. And the first one was pins at City Hall. <laughs> I just feel like the pin bucket at City Hall. Yeah, go to the pin bucket and sign your own name. Mm. Uh, but also get a drawing. You could get a drawing at the Animation Academy in DCA, mm. which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> Bev's pointing My at picture uh, is amazing. Is I did Edna. I did Edna when we were t- when we were there. <laughs> it's Eeyore, homie. I had like 15 seconds to drive, draw that. So I you did. literally had all the time yeah. you wanted. No, I didn't. You were you were rushing me. But I did Edna when we were there, and I thought mine looked amazing. And then I looked at Becca's, and then I crumpled mine up. Aww, <laughs> well, sad. I started to, and then she made me fold it, but it was horrible. <laughs> um, and then Autopia. Should have brought it. We'll put it on the wall next to the other gold star artwork. If you ride Autopia, you mm-hmm. can get an Autopia driver's license. You probably don't want one, but your kid might. Yeah. 
But they're like five bucks. I heard they were free. No, no, you pay for them. Oh well, then that was. Oh, well, I think news. it's. Yeah. I think it's a like a booth, like a picture booth. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. yeah. You have to they used it. to be free. So they did. There's another one. Don't get any free stuff at Disneyland because you can't. Right. Are you? Can I? Yeah. Can I throw one in? Yeah. Um. Buy stupid glowy bracelets and crap at the dollar store. Uh, yes. No, don't buy stupid glowy stuff. It ruins it ruins the experience and the I environment for that, everybody. But children, all of that. I don't want to hear like I want this. Well, maybe you know you should have a better child because whatever. Uh, my kid's great, well, but apparently not. give her a glow stick. Yeah. No, well. And also, don't. I'm just going to say it. Don't go do the bibbity bobbity boutique thing. No. Get Never. the dresses before you go, or go through your closet, find out, find something you can use for Disney bounding, and just look like the character in some way, shape, or form, and not spend a dime. Yeah. Don't do the bibbity bobbity. Totally. Well, but I mean, if that's what you want to budget for, that's fine. I mean, two, spending 250 bucks so your kid can get sparkle sprayed in her hair is probably <laughs> not the way to do it. Those are those are the the, the list. I think I'll also do a blog post. Okay. Because I think that would be helpful. Yeah. Very good. Terrence, you have anything to add? I know you had some stuff. I hit everything. Hit everything. Yeah, okay. we're good. All right. Well, hey, I think we did great. Um, I have a couple of pieces of Disney news. We're running way behind. We oh should be starting God. the secret show right now. So uh, there are some uh, important stuff I do want to talk about. May, uh, let's go here. On uh, archive.org, they have a full HD release of Song of the South. And you can download it and, you know, and play it. you hear the flames? <laughs> Anyways, it uh, came out in 1946, of course, but uh, it's there, and you can stream it, or you can... No. So if you've never seen them, if you've never seen it... Don't. It's a terrible movie. It's horrible. I, felt, I, I can't it's finish very it. It's bad. so boring. It's so boring and very bad. And very bad, yes. Um, but, you know, it's a, part of, it's a part of history. It's heritage, not hate. So there's that. Shh, I'm just kidding. Out of here with that. <clears throat> Let's see what I'll have to pick and choose. Let's do that secret show. Uh, the Food and Wine Festival is starting in DCA uh, from March 1st to April 23rd. Nice. So if you're thinking about going to the parks, do that. But, I, you know, I have a hard time with that because it's $8 for three raviolis or, or a, a, two meatballs. And it, to me, it's not worth it. The Food and Wine Festival is vastly overpriced. But you know what? I, I just don't find enjoyment in doing stuff like that. So if you do, then, hey, man. Please go. Yeah. Uh, this is a good one. Disney Resort celebrates 60 years of Sleeping Beauty. So as we all know, the uh, Sleeping Beauty's castle is now closed down for a bit. But they are they are refurbishing it. And this is from the Disney Parks blog. They said the refurbishment is part of Project Stardust, a number of enhancements to the Disney Resort, specifically Disneyland Park, to continue to deliver a world-class guest experience. And we've talked about some of them before, and you've probably seen them if you've been to the parks in the last six months. Let's see. They list a couple of them. The uh, Main Street USA, the curbs are being enhanced with slow inclines to help improve access when guests first enter. New brickwork adds to the storytelling of the iconic thoroughfare. And for the first time, the horse-drawn streetcar track was replaced in its entirety. In Fantasyland, reconfigured guest queues for Matterhorn bobsleds, which I think just reopened a little bit ago. Um, It's a Small World and Dumbo the Flying Elephant have improved guest access and comfort while tropical hideaway and adventureland now welcome guests to a brand new area that was previously underutilized so they're just trying to make more space to fit right. more people because star wars is going to crush every square Jeez, inch um, that you have but there's a, a a video of of kim irvine talking about what they're going to be doing to leaping beauty's castle and you can go check it out in the disney park blogs but basically uh they're going to and as She's talking about it. They're playing video of the construction of the of the castle. It's kind of cool, 
but they're going to put uh, pixie dust. They're going to repaint everything, and they're going to put pixie dust yeah. on the on the on the roof. Yeah, and I'm going like permanently. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but pixie dust. It, it's just it's either going to look like glitter because it's not moving. Pixie dust, you know, moves and whatever. Right. So uh, also, pixie dust has nothing to do with. Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, I know. Well, actually, it well, no, does. The fairies, the fairies put pixie oh, dust on all the people for them to fall asleep. I, I mean, hey, look, it'll probably be great. I don't know how they're going to do it during the day. I don't know what they're going to do. But I just, I feel like, come on, man. I feel like, come on, man. Anyway, let's get out of here. Wait, I have to do mine. I have to do mine. It'll take, give me four minutes. Your what? For my thing. Terrence's stories of yeah. yesteryear. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot that you had a thing. I have a thing. Yeah. Just real okay. quick, real quick, real All quick. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, Terrence's oh. story of yesteryear. Terrence has a new segment. I, I don't even know what I'm, I, I wanted to call it She Gone, but I don't know what I can call it <laughs> for all the stuff that used to be in the parks that's no longer there. So. All, right. all right. So Disney is great at theming. The rides and the restaurants have little details that are thought out by Imagineering, and that's a great thing. When DCA opened on February 1st, 2001, it was no different. The areas within the parks were well thought of. Budgets were cut, yes, but the areas still looked pretty great. The major complaint about the new park was the fact that there were far too few attractions and too many eating and shopping areas. Of all the eating establishments in the park, the one that had the most immersive experience was the Soap Opera Bistro. You guys ever heard of that place? Never heard of it. Oh, okay. So the Soap Opera Bistro. In case you're wondering... This was a blatant attempt by Disney to market their ABC soap operas, um, All My Children, One Life to Live, and General Hospital within their new park. Dr. Sexy MD. Yeah, yeah. that was a late night one. Uh, located immediately inside of the Hollywood backlot area, the building's facade was based on the old ABC building on Vine Street in Hollywood, complete with fake old-timey microphone. There was a menu posted on the outside of the window uh, of the building, and you'd find menus, uh, menu items like tuna in tomorrow uh <laughs> conniving calamari yeah and cheating chicken saute tuna right. in tomorrow right so this, they're really it's me mario they're super punny so they're yeah. like the rest of dca right? right uh the restaurant you know there's a lot of puns going around the whole place like award wieners and the malaboomer and all of that right they were going along with that so inside the restaurant you find a waiting area which was never full where a page it was like an, an intern for a tv network they would like load people in for recordings or take people on tours she'd be waiting there to give you your to show you to your table inside you'd find seven different themed areas you'd find the chandler mansion from all my children it was pretty luxurious and it was always themed for christmas uh the docks from Par- port Char- charles which actually had a dumpster that was converted into a serving station so where they store the napkins and cutlery and on it, it said, <laughs> it's the phone number was 716-RU trash, which is ridiculous, oh, right? There was Kelly's Diner from General Hospital, which is the only portion of the restaurant that was themed like a restaurant. There was Luke's Nightclub, which is actually a full-functioning bar where they pour all the drinks for there. The Stables, which was themed like a stable. Um, and they had different props in there. And they had one for uh, someone named Victoria, who was married a lot. And um, <laughs> there was a trophy, and it was a trophy for Victoria, Lord Riley, Burke, Riley, Buchanan, Buchanan, Carpenter. Because those are all the last names that she had at some point on the oh, show. Geez. Buchanan, Buchanan. Yeah. There was uh, the General Hospital Nurses Station, which had nurses' chairs, phones with extensions for characters from the show, gurneys, wheelchairs, all of that stuff. And then the Landview country club which was very posh and actually had a gazebo that was always set up for a wedding they also had a shop it's ridiculous right (laughs) they also had a shop called the soap link where you could buy shirts and other knickknacks with the logo of the soap opera bistro on there 
Right. Uh, so they also had fake cameras in the ceilings and television uh, lighting to make you feel like you're really on set. Not only that, but everyone that worked there would be in character. And so you might be eating your chicken satay, and then all of a sudden someone uh, someone comes up to you and, and says that your husband, uh, they have a, <laughs> an illegitimate child with your husband, and now you're thrust <laughs> into the middle. So it was really so immersive. cringy. Really strange. Uh, but this was the storyline. Now, My God, it sounds terrible. It I'm was. sorry. Where was this? This was immediately. So I'll tell you where it, what what it took over, and then you might know where it is. So um, so it was very immersive. It was probably the most immersive of all the stuff, uh, all the things in there. Um, and it wasn't a bad idea because General Hospital had been on for like sixty years at this point, so they knew there was longevity there. But um, the price, the food was pricey. It was decent but pricey. And and then when all of uh, the rebranding and every theming of California Adventure started happening because everyone realized that it was just a place for you to spend money and there weren't a lot of attractions there, uh, this was one of the first places to go. So on November 3rd, 2002, uh, not even two years after it opened, it closed its doors and it was replaced by Playhouse Disney live on stage. So oh. when you walk in right now to ho- the Hollywood backlot area is the first building on your right that used to be the soap opera bistro. So that was in the park. It was <laughs> in the park. It just seemed ridiculous, right? <laughs> you know what? It, yeah. it, it seems like a Disney World Hollywood Studios attraction. That's exactly what it that seems, seems like. Like trash. Yeah, yeah. it so, seems yeah. like something Floridians would like. Yeah. But over here on the West Coast, Terrence, I know we are way more elevated in what we consider entertainment. I agree. Sophistication. I agree. All right, good job, dude. And we're going to look forward to more of those, right? Yep. All right. <laughs> yep. Yep. I don't know who sounds more excited, you or me. Yeah, that sounds all right. Here we go. All right, we're going to get out of here, everybody. If you're listening live, of course, and if you're a Patreon subscriber only, uh, in about 15 minutes, we're going to start the secret show because I have to make all the drinks. Um, you know, and uh, if you're not, then uh, go listen to another episode. I don't know. Do whatever you want to do. Or become a Patreon supporter, I guess is really what I should say. But uh, hey, thanks uh, again to GetawayToday.com for sponsoring today's episode. Whether you're traveling to Disneyland, Disney World, or beyond, head over to GetawayToday.com slash ears up. And until next time, everybody, we will see you in the parks.